The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Hello, my name is Gene Gilmore. Uh, my birth given name is Eugene Rubin Akers. I don't want any money for what I'm doing because hopefully this video won't come out until after my death. So I have nothing to gain, nothing to profit by telling you what I'm going to tell you. And um, a lot of what I'm going to tell you is available online until they see this video. And I'm sure things will start getting scrubbed. Um, as well as moon photos. But anyway... My father, uh, in 1968, was stationed at Cannon Air Force Base in New Mexico. I made notes on my computer um, so that uh, I wouldn't forget anything because uh, there's a lot, a lot of little things and stuff that I'd forget. So uh, these notes were made a long time ago. The original recording that my father made on his deathbed was um, um, destroyed in a fire. Um, but, um, so this is my deathbed confession, because now I'm dying of cancer. I've got cancer all over the place, and so, and they don't know where it's coming from, and I don't know if they can stop it, but it don't look good. So I'm going to go ahead and make this video for Bart Seibrell. He knows not to do anything with it until, uh, until notification of my death, uh, for which my son will respond to that. Okay, um, like I said, in 1968, my father was stationed at Cannon Air Force Base in New Mexico. Uh, we lived in Clovis, New Mexico. He was in the military police for over 20 years, and on his deathbed in 2002, we made a recording of what happened. Now, I already told you what happened to the recording. But it doesn't matter, because all the facts are there, so it doesn't matter who's telling the story or whatever. Um, I will, at the end of the video, I'll supply a picture of my father, his badge, um, the flag of when they buried him. I'll show you some photos, photo, photos of my dad. Um, I was born in 1955. So in 1969, I was 14 years old. I vividly remember the, uh, Apollo 11 coming down, landing on the moon, they're walking around and all that stuff. <laughs> anyway, I never, I never questioned that until um, till my dad told me what he told me on his deathbed. And then I started doing a little, nothing major or nothing, just surfing the web, I think they call it surfing, surfing the web. Um, and a lot of that information's right there on the web. I mean, it, it, it verifies the story that he told me. Um, a good detective, a good one, would be able to uncover a lot more, um, of the story that I'm getting ready to tell you. So, please have at it. I've never known my dad to lie. Um, to get caught lying was worse than whatever it was you did to begin with. I remember going to school with long sleeve shirts on uh, to hide the purple welts. Uh, you did not lie in our house, that's for sure. Dad had a real, <clears throat> really bad attitude towards lying. Excuse me again. Um... Okay, anyway, this is this is the story that my dad told me on his deathbed. Project Slam Dunk was the name of, of this. 
um, President Johnson in 1968, okay, um, in Cannon Air Force Base in 1968, he said by that time, by the time he got there, that there was already two large hangars that were connected. There was hundreds of dump trucks that came in and dumped sand and uh, uh, stone and uh, cement powder was powdered over the top of all that to make it look like a lunar landscape. They had men that fa fashioned it into a lunar landscape, he said. Okay, I've never known my dad to lie, so this all took me by surprise. You know, <laughs> what's that all about? So anyway, um, he said that in front of the, uh, the airplane hangars uh, was uh, pole framing with uh, large canvas tents um, that was uh, concealing the inside of the staging area. Inside the staging area uh, on flatbed trucks was uncrated um, the lunar lander that was assembled, reassembled back inside the hangars. Um, all of the walls were painted flat black and the ceilings as well. He was sworn to secrecy by the NSA and uh, they would put him in prison for breaking that oath. When Dad saw the, the moon landing on TV, he cried. He said he knew um, that what he had witnessed on TV was exactly what they recorded in that hangar. Um, there was no reason for them to go flying around and everything. They had detailed high-definition photos of the landing area. There was no reason for them to go flying around to a different landing area that almost exhausted their fuel, except for drama, because everything had gone so smoothly. Um, nothing, you know, so it had to be something. Anyway, um, Dad was one of three guards that guarded the, uh, the inside of the front entrance. There was a list of 15 people who could enter. No one else was allowed by order of President Johnson. And here is that list. And I gave it to Bart Seidrell as well. Uh, and he checked out a lot of these names. And he says he can verify a lot of these people and what they do. Um, and I come across a couple myself. Anyway, President Johnson, Neil Armstrong, Edwin Alden, Werner von Braun, Robert Emenegger, Gene Krantz, James Webb, Joe Kerwin, Dr. Thomas Paine, Glenn Looney, Dr. For Christopher Kraft, Dr. James Van Allen, General Trudeau, Trudeau, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Donald Simon, and Grant Norrie. Now, the only two that I ha really have information on is Robert Emenager. Uh Apparently, he did uh, a lot of... Uh, video work and stuff for uh, um, the Department of Defense. Um, so the, the, the DOD did know him, okay? And the other one was uh, Grant Norrie, N-O-R-R-A-Y, I believe, um, was, uh, to, the best of my, to the best of my dad's knowledge, was a, uh, uh, like some FBI, CIA, NSA, who knows, something like that. Okay. Okay, President Johnson only showed up for the first day of filming. Filming lasted for three days, and the entire project was restored to original. 
In other words, the hangers were all taken apart, the sand was all removed, and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, Dad said there was a lot of building going on at the base so at the time, so sand and cement powder was never questioned. Um, I can see how they could smuggle that all in within everything else that's going on. Um, since 2002, I have dug up, at, or I already told you about that, the evidence for the moon landing that I have found. Um, if you go to Google and go to uh, uh, Cannon Air Force Base website, they admit that President Johnson was there. The lunar lander was there. The astronauts were there. I also have uh, uh, verified some of the people on the list were there. I also verified there are a lot of uh, building going on in the base, just as he had told me. And all of this was going on at the same time, on the same date. Dad told me all these things, father to son. Um, he also told me not to ever tell anyone what he had said, but he said on his deathbed that he had to tell somebody before he died because it was just too important not to tell. I sure as hell wasn't going to tell anybody. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I feared for my wife and, and me and my son, and I'll tell you why. Ever since I contacted Bart Sabrell, I think they may be listening to his phone once in a while, because I never had any problems until I contacted him and told him my story. Now, People broke into my house two times. I was visited by men with black suits, and I was told in no uncertain terms to drop this whole project, not to say anymore to anybody, or me and my wife and my son could disappear. You take that pretty literally after everything that's going on. Well, so I stopped contacting Bart. And now I'm making this video that I'm going to send to Bart, Mr. Cybrell. Excuse me. Bart's my brother, man. My brother in heart, my brother in, in Jesus, okay? Um, Bart, being a good friend that he is, called the police for me and told them about the break-ins. The two detectives that came out and everything questioned me and everything like that, I didn't give them any information at all. At the time, I thought it was a test from the guys in the black suits. I didn't say crap. Um, so all that, all that went away and everything, but it definitely, the two guys in the black suits were not the two uh, detectives that came out to question me about the break-ins. But thanks, Bart. <laughs> but no, I don't want any help. I just, I just want somebody to pick up where I left off and be able to prove with the information I've given, and I'm trying to give as much as I can because I know that once I die, I'm not going to be able to be asked any questions. So that's why why I tried to give you a little backstory too. But um, that's about all I can think of. I, I uh, my dad, he raised me by the book. I know he didn't lie to me. And as I started seeing more and more of what he was telling me was true. I realized my dad wasn't lying. I lifted the lid off my dad's case, and you can see his name is Cyrus Eugene Akers. He was born on July 17, 1933. He died on September 28, 2002. Uh, here's his badge, and I wanted to see if I could get as close as possible. 
so that you can read the numbers on the bottom, which are, okay, there it is, 07596, 07596. That's my dad. And it must have been a really early pitcher because he's only got two stripes. So that, that was back in the 50s, I'm sure. Probably not long after I was born. And there he is. That's my father. My dad, he raised me by the book. I know he didn't lie to me. And as I started seeing more and more of what he was telling me was true, I realized my dad wasn't lying. Today's broadcast is particularly significant as we mark the 54th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing, an event celebrated worldwide as a pinnacle of human achievement. But what if this historical milestone isn't quite what it seems? Our returning guest today, the award-winning filmmaker Bart Zabrell, is known for probing into these exact questions, shedding light on these possible dark corners of the celebrated mission. His relentless pursuit of the truth has led him on a harrowing journey, crossing paths with secret government agencies and uncovering hidden aspects of America's famed, quote-unquote, Apollo missions. In his revealing memoir, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list, Zabrell recounts these thrilling, real-life espionage adventures. His expose includes private audio recordings of an Apollo astronaut allegedly plotting his assassination and provides the first ever reveal of the CIA's official code name for the real Apollo project, along with numerous other shocking revelations. On our program in 2015, Sibrell brought forward some mind-boggling insights. This time, he is set to delve even deeper, presenting new information about a recent deathbed confession claiming the Apollo 11 mission was filmed on a military base. This intriguing narrative promises to take us on a fascinating journey through the complexities surrounding the moon landing conspiracy. So buckle up as we embark on this enlightening exploration with Bart Zubrell, whose persistent courage in the face of adversity is a testament to his commitment to uncovering the truth. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at VeritasRadio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. We're excited to announce the launch of our brand new Veritas Plus Insider, your source for exclusive news and insights you won't find anywhere else. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. His website is subrell.com. And back on Veritas, I would like to welcome Bart Subrell. Hello, and welcome back, Bart. How are you? I'm doing fine, Mel. How about yourself? Doing great. And by the way, it's been eight years since we last spoke. And uh, I had to have you back because not too long ago, I saw a video that you posted on the Internet 
a deathbed confession. But first of all, tell us what has happened in the past eight years. What new updates can you give us on the Apollo mission or anything else? Well, I'd like to first kind of lay the foundation of what we knew before my recent book came out, which is at sabrell.com and audio that I read, Kindle or print. Before the book came out, we already knew the following, which is basically four times the evidence necessary to prove in a court of law that, unfortunately, the moon missions were indeed falsified. That first proof is simply the logic, because today, with 50 years better technology, the farthest that NASA can send an astronaut into space is only 250 miles to the space station. Now, that's one thousandth the distance to the moon. So what they're claiming is back in the 60s, when all of NASA's computer power combined had one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, they sent astronauts a thousand times farther back then than they can send them today ahead of schedule and on the first attempt. Just putting the Hubble telescope into Earth orbit, which was done 30 years after Apollo with 30 years better technology, they were 10 years behind schedule. NASA has never kept a schedule in their entire history, except the most complicated one of all time, which is a thousand times farther into space than they can travel today with 50 years newer technology, which means their claim is that for the first time in recorded history, technology was greater in the past than in the future. But that's a historic and scientific impossibility. And that means they perpetrated a fraud, like a bluff in poker. Then the second proof, which you can see for free, just go to sabrell.com, click on the top left button. It's called Moon Man Video Links. My new book has 16 interactive video links to support what I'm saying in the book. I like write a chapter, and then I say, now go to link one, another chapter, link two. Well, you can see here. The, in the film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which cost $1 million to produce and was financed by someone who builds rockets for NASA, who knows that the missions were fake, who wants to remain anonymous, and they thought it was their patri patriotic duty to expose it. So I was the biggest fan, believing the moon missions are real, like everybody else, even had a shrine in my house of moon pictures up for 10 years that I saw every day, year after year. And so I'm producing this film under the theory it might be true that they faked it because I had a guy with high security clearance at NASA telling me they faked it. Well, I'm like, mm, you know, let me let me, you know, just investigate it. And so three and a half years into the seven-year production, I'm going through the archives, just the of the first mission, figuring if they faked it, they're more likely to have made a mistake the first time they faked it. So I go through everything, and it's almost the same footage over and over again. In fact, from the first mission, there's only like 15 pictures of an astronaut standing on the surface of the moon. And zero pictures of Neil Armstrong because he didn't want his picture taken. It's kind of interesting. Well, I pop in this tape and it says on the beginning of the reel in big letters, do not show to the public. And what was on the label and on the tape were two different things. And my whistleblower at NASA thinks a colleague of his, also a whistleblower, sent me this tape. Well, it's unedited footage, behind the scenes footage of the crew of Apollo 11 
faking the photography of being halfway to the moon. And you can see it for free, sabrell.com. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.